Hello, and welcome to Rewire. Whether you're a baby boomer or a baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this podcast provides you with the information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. August 30th, welcome to episode number nine, number nine, number nine. That's a homage to Beatles fans. (laughs) As we wrap up part one of a bigger theme that I will revisit throughout the year, passion and purpose. And as you get to know me, you'll learn that passion and purpose are two critical, important values in my life and my work. You do what you love, love what you do kind of thing. And so we are being passionate on purpose this episode as we wrap up August. So I have chosen for today's daily word something from the Japanese language. Today's word is ikigai, spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. And in Japanese, it literally translates as the value of being alive, one's reason for being. And it's a perfect word for those of us who are rewiring because the first prefix in that IKI means life or living, being alive, which is a really good thing. And then KAI means worth or value or benefit. And that is something that I think all of us as older adults really need to revisit and rewire. What is our meaning, our worth, our value, our benefit in life now that we're older and some of us have retired or some of us are rewiring? And so in the John Tesh newsletter I received, he was talking about latest research from the Rush University Medical Center that stated having a purpose actually helps you to live longer. And the researchers at Rush studied subjects ages 60 and up for their daily activities to get some insights. And participants were asked to also rate certain statements as either true or false. And these statements were something like, I sometimes feel I've done all there is to do in my life, or setting goals is a waste of time, or my daily activities seem unimportant now. Five years later, the researchers looked at the health of each participant in that study, and you might guess the result. Many of the people who agrees with those kind of negative statements were twice as likely to have already died by the end of the study. While the participants who knew their purpose, set goals, and felt their daily activities were important were more likely to be alive, therefore healthier. The study also confirmed it's never too late to find your purpose. Because even people who were discovering a new purpose at age 60, which we refer to as rewiring, they still lived longer than the people who thought they had nothing left to contribute. So researchers say, to support what we're talking about here, when you believe your life has meaning, whatever your age, you're likely to take better care of yourself with exercise or eating well. And when you take better care of yourself, you are rewiring to the best life yet. So what about committing to maybe 30 minutes a day for at least three days a week towards your vision of what rewirement might look like for you? Maybe you start journaling. Remember, we talked about morning pages. Or one other idea that's really inspiring is you create a vision board. 
And how you do that is you get some poster paper, or you could even use a regular piece of plain paper for a smaller vision board. Cut out pictures from magazines, and these pictures are things that inspire you, that bring you joy, or things that are visual images towards the goals that you would like to achieve in your life. And then paste them onto the board and hang that board up somewhere in your house for daily viewing. Those images will serve to put your mindset into the ideas that bring you more passion and joy, but also spark new ideas towards your goal, your vision, or how you want to rewire. My special guest today is State Senator Bill O'Neill, who represents Bernalillo County, District 13 in Albuquerque, here in New Mexico. And he is a perfect example of someone who is passionate about his work and also pays very close attention to his icky guy, and he knows how to retire. So help me welcome Senator Bill O'Neill. I'm very excited today to bring on a guest that you may not know about. Senator Bill O'Neill is a New Mexico state senator for the city of Albuquerque, and he's agreed to come on today to talk about our theme for this month of passion and purpose, but also how he has rewired in his life and what he's doing for the state of New Mexico now. Welcome, Senator Bill. Thanks, Duchess. Good to Good to be with you again. For people who may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. In the political context, I have represented the North Valley of Albuquerque for almost 10 years. First in the House, a couple of years as a state rep, and, and the last, doing the math, 11 years as a state senator. It continues to be a learning experience. As to who I am in my work life, for years I worked with incarcerated adults with a great program called Dismas House. And then more recently than that, I switched into working with incarcerated juveniles as the executive director of the state juvenile parole board. My real passion is writing. And (laughs) that's how we know each other with our wonderful play that you were so talented with, Save the Bees. But I'm currently working on another play, and then I've got another poetry manuscript, which would be the third poetry collection that's been published, knock on wood. Uh, I'm a poet-politician, which kind of throws people off because it works against the stereotypes. Oh, politicians actually are able to write poetry? Oh, please. So anyway, (laughs) I like undermining stereotypes. That's my whole mission in life. Oh, that, oh, I don't know if there's a legislation about that, but yes, that's yeah. kind of what our show is. We're talking about rewiring so that exactly. none of us get stuck in a rod. We can rewire our careers, our home life, or rewire our thinking every single day. It sounds like that's exactly what you do in your world. Yes, exactly. When we did get to work together on your play, Save the Bees, I learned so much more about what it is to be a senator and legislation and government, et cetera. And I have to, since nobody can actually see my chagrin face, I have to admit I didn't know the difference between a state senator and the senators that go to Washington. Can you give me like a little brief thing? What is that difference or how do you serve New Mexico? The great news for me is that I don't have to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a U.S. senator. 
uh, to even be in the ballpark. I have to raise money to get reelected. That's the first difference that I experienced because at times I've thought about running for Congress or something like that, or even uh, statewide office. I'm very happy with representing the North Valley, which is the most awesome district. Uh, wow, it's a, it's a politically engaged district. Being a state senator is so different than being a U.S. senator, and I can't help but oftentimes say I'm just a state senator. You know, when people go, Senator this, Senator that, I almost can't help it. I'm just a state senator. (laughs) People kind of laugh at that, but I'm just quite grateful. It's interesting. My political journey has really and continues to feed my muse, my creative journey. And for whatever reason, politics has been this wonderful muse for me. I just feed up of all the dysfunction that we experience. But not just that, but honestly, the personalities involved and the positive parts of People that are really operating out of their better selves, trying to make New Mexico a better place, including the seniors. We can't neglect the seniors, okay? Yes, that's that's a big issue for me because we talk so much about early childhood, early childhood, early childhood. Well, what about the seniors? I just feel like the seniors get have been neglected, and that's a big funding wise with senior centers and programming. That's increasingly a focus for me which doesn't necessarily take the shape of a bill. It's more in the budget, trying to make sure that funds are allocated to the seniors as well. Early childhood is looking good. We have a new cabinet uh, department, early childhood. But I think it's time to kind of switch gears. and, And obviously, you know, we have other priorities in the state. Yes, we do. So as a senior, what is it that you might recommend to the I don't like to use an adjective like average, but what would you recommend to the typical senior in the state of New Mexico for us to do to learn about what's available or what we may need to get behind to support and endorse? One thing is we now have a uh, state poet laureate whose mission is to not only go into the incarcerated population but also to do a lot with seniors, introducing poetry to seniors. That was a bill that I did sponsor, and I take great pride in that. We went from having no state poet laureate to having one of the better programs in the country. And so certainly the mission of of the state poet laureate, and that goes through the Department of Cultural Affairs, is there's a real priority for reaching out to the senior population. That's just one example that's close to me just because of my creative interest. I think a lot of it, budget-wise, a budget is a really a, a list of priorities for a state, any budget that we come up with. And that's our main responsibility as, as a legislature is to, to, you know, we're the funding body of the state. So we need to prioritize certain areas of need, and it's reflected in our annual budget, which is now well over $7 billion a year. I see this more as a dollar issue. There needs to be more programs for seniors. Of course, I have several wonderful senior centers in my district up in Alameda and in the North Valley. So I just think uh, we really need to emphasize that and then let people know what programming is available. I think I absolutely agree. And this podcast is sponsored, as you may know, by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department for the state. And that's our goal with this podcast, with all of the things on the website, 
is to inform and educate seniors. I'm here to try and uplift them with ideas and information that they turn into inspiration and maybe from that inspiration turns into action. And that's why if someone is sitting at home, well, I don't know, what can I do? That there are ways and means by which we could maybe navigate or bring attention to some of these senior programs. Yeah, this podcast is one, and and I know we have a a new director of of aging and long-term services. I'm looking forward to working with her, and it's kind of up to them in a big way, and happily, this this podcast is very important in that spirit, but it's also just like not only creating the programs, but also letting people know about the existing programs that, that are out there. My focus is a lot of what goes through the senior centers. If they need an upgrade of their cafeteria, for example, that's where I come in with funding through capital outlay. And for example, at the Raymond Sanchez Center in Alameda, they've got a bunch of programs that go through there. And then North Valley, the senior center right off Griegos, there's programs that need to be publicized, opportunities for seniors, because we can't. Isolate people don't you can't be isolated out there. They need to ideally connect with their peers and have fun and all that. <laughs> fun. Oh, <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> like yes. play card like play card. I grew up boy, playing cards just seems so idyllic to me right now, but it needs to be more substantial than playing cards. That's just an example of fun activities. I agree with you. I think there's still a sluggishness for many of us post-pandemic in getting out there, getting back into the groove, getting social and feeling safe enough to go to a community center and to interact with neighbors, et cetera. So I think it's a big ship we're turning around back to the open sea of that kind of connectivity. I agree with you. What I wanted to know is, since it seems like a lot of these programs, as you stated, were budget-based in a way, can you tell me, when is the typical legislature session? We either have a short session or a long session. We're coming up on a short session, which always starts a day after Martin Luther King Day, the third week of January. That goes for one month. And next year, the following year, will be a long session for two months. We're unusual that way. We're a citizen's legislature. On the other hand, we do a lot in the interim. We talk about these issues um, year-round. We have committees that meet ideally throughout the state. That's what we like to do during our summers is go to other communities like Rio Doso and Cruces and in the Pueblos. And I'm on the land-grant committee, which I really enjoy. It's really, really interesting to travel the state and meet at at places that are often neglected. We'll say this, there's a recent initiative to fund our rural libraries that I think affect many potential seniors. Those libraries out in the rural part of the state are really the focus of of communities there. We're proud of that. That's a recent funding. Again, we we allocated, I don't have the numbers, but we recognize that as a priority. So, So those are the things that need to be flagged and publicized. And so if a, a citizen, no matter what part of the state they, they live in, uh, if, a, if a senior or a regular citizen just wanted to support something like that or, or, or show their voice and their, their enthusiasm for a project, 
what's the typical way to do this? Since you guys have shorter sessions, how do we say, please fund the Rural Libraries Project? Because I think that sounds so essential. As a citizen's legislature, we pay, as legislators, we pay very close attention to constituent input. So I would highly recommend first figure out who your state senator is, your state representative, and by all means, feel free to contact them and say, this needs funding. This is an important issue. What can you do? What can you sponsor? Some of my better bills have come from constituents where they say, you know, can you sponsor a bill, fill in the blank? So again, we're we're very, very responsive. If you start your email with, as your constituent, you immediately get our, no, seriously, you immediately get our attention because I'm very aware when I get, I get a lot of emails, but if they come from constituents, they immediately are top priority. Now that's, I speak for all of us, I'm sure. That's see, good. that's really good to know. And that's still part of the, the uh, civics lesson I learned working with you mm-hmm. about the difference of a citizen's legislator versus the state, et cetera. I also think it might be interesting folks to know because it surprised all of us in your casting crew, that you don't get a, a salary. Right. We get a per diem. I always hesitate to call it a volunteer because it can add up to like $20,000. That doesn't feel like a, a volunteer experience to me. It's basically a problem uh, for us. We need to go to a professional legislature to attract younger people. We really need to go with a with a uh, open it up so that you don't have to be in a situation financially where you can afford to be a legislator. We really need to move in that direction. We are known as a citizen legislature. We're one of the few, only a couple other states are like us. It goes back to the history of New Mexico being just a rural state in a way, and you got to go back to the farm and feed the (laughs) cattle. It's just, that's what we've had. A lot of us, including myself, are very committed to professionalizing our legislature. That's great. Uh, I, I just find that so fascinating. And it for me, it inspires me to want to get more involved. It doesn't fe- feel as detached as the Washington, D.C. hub. This feels like, OK, I'm going to I can find you because I'm your constituent. And here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd like to do. Uh, and do you- if I can. And sure. for extra credit, you can always come up to the legislature. Not everybody can do that. But boy, you really want to get your your representatives' attention. Come up to the legislature when we're in session. Mm-hmm. Then you totally have our attention, right? So, oh, yes. like, and it's and and if there's a bill being heard in committee. You can stand up and say, "I support this bill," and we can even do it via Zoom. You don't have to literally come up. If you're following a a bill, you can do via Zoom and weigh in. So that's a recent phenomenon which we all like. So again, I would urge any, whatever way that people are able to participate, it really, man, it may, it's the strength of our our uh, system, I think, here in New Mexico. I just really, really relish that part of our uniqueness in New Mexico. Uh, it is. If that's uh, a word. It will, yeah. Or it's part of our enchantment. Hint, hint. There you go. For our outside of the state of New Mexico listeners, I need to let them know that New Mexico is known as the land of enchantment. So uh, we get enchanted by that. I hope some people can go up to Santa Fe or down to Santa Fe, wherever they're coming from, to see the capital. It's beautiful. It's 
fabulous to know that we can participate via Zoom because now most of the world is so facile in the Zoom modality that there's no reason not to, to participate. You don't have to yes. drive. You don't have to worry about weather. You just need, you can be involved. I think that's great. I know that you rewire. So Edmo, we were talking about politics and poetry and your muse. Anything you want to share with us about what you're working on now that keeps you sane while you are working so heartily for your constituents? But yes, of course, my creative life is so key. I'm talking to you now from my office here at the Capitol. Everybody's gone. I have the whole place to myself. So it's basically my creative studio. As you know, I've been working on a new play and I Got that, my poetry manuscript and so forth. That keeps me sane. I really like your definition, you know, your focus of rewiring instead of retiring. I'm 67 years old and I don't feel 67, but I'm really having to deal with some changes in my life. I really acknowledge and appreciate this focus. For example, I used to play, play captain the basketball team up here. And because I've had some back issues recently, I couldn't play in the last game. So I had to transition from not being a player to being a coach. Uh-oh. And that actually worked out pretty well. I am in the process personally of really acknowledging that I'm 67. I'm not 27. I'm not even like 47. I'm trying to, I'm really working, you know, that's a, an emerging issue in my life personally. So again, I really, I applaud your your theme here of just rewiring and not giving up or re, whatever retiring is. To look at it as rewiring, that's that's very positive. I like that. Thank you, because I'm right there with you. And it is different now that we are in those upper digit years. <laughs> yeah. So now I know with the back issue, I'm glad you went to coach, but are you still doing karaoke? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I can't let go of the karaoke. Even though I can't sing, I'm more of a facilitator. I just pick songs that you can kind of fake it or you, it doesn't need a whole lot of vocal talent. Like anything The Clash does is my jam. I'm not about to sing like Dwight Yoakam. I've tried, but I can't. We have a thing called Karaoke Caucus, which is a bipartisan group that we get together and we socialize together, which is what nationally they need to do. But the Congress is a mess. They're just so polarized. We have that same polarization sort of here. It's more urban, rural, but we like each other. We're on balance. That's our tradition. So my Big picture, my hope for our future as in the political sense is state legislatures like New Mexico can really lead the path and, and get back to more sane bipartisanship, if, if at all possible. As you know, that's what Save the Bees was about. So it's a passion for me that way. That's one of the things I like about you, it, it, working towards that passion and your purpose that you bring it to the work as a state senator. And I say that with pride. I don't have to give a disclaimer, as well as what your passion and purpose as a writer, poet. So I want to thank you, Senator O'Neill, for being our guest today. And I want to uh, extend an open invitation to return throughout the year and particularly as you get towards legislature. If there is something that's uh, up, that maybe the seniors need to know about so that they can write their representative or they can show up at the Capitol, then we can let them know on the podcast and start getting this engagement in a grassroots level as well as for what you do. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Duchess. And anybody listening, they can contact me. 
You don't have to live in my district. I represent everybody. Go through the legislature. My email's there, my phone number. I'm a good texter. So if you have an idea for a bill or an issue that's important, just let me know. Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Senator Bill. You have now inspired me to find out who my legislators are. So I went online to www.nmlegis.gov slash members slash find by address. I typed in my home address and I now know who represents me for my district. (laughs) At the beginning of the month of August, we acknowledge National Sunflower Day on the first Saturday of August. And I talked about how the sunflower is my totem flower and shared this beautiful story of this husband who gifted his wife for their 50th anniversary over 80 acres of sunflowers on their farm that he had planted earlier in the year as a surprise. Now, there is another story in the news about sunflowers that I'd like to share. Journalist Claire Moses from London wrote in the New York Times on August 22nd that tourists are now flocking to Sam's Sunflowers, which is part of the Stoke Fruit Farms near Portsmouth in England. Now, it's not uncommon for British people to celebrate the summer with picking flowers and going on tours. And yet, this year, there have been a few more guests at the Fruit Farms Sunflower Field that are, well, bearing a bit more than they should. So the owner, Mr. Wilson, has had to put signs up and turn to social media to remind guests about no public nudity. So, no public nudity and no going topless for your selfies. Even though the sunflower is not indigenous to the British Isles, it is quite popular. And in fact, they served as perhaps another character, if you will, in the British film Calendar Girls, starring Helen Mirren in 2003. Now, this film was based on a true story about a group of middle aged women who decided to pose nude for a calendar to raise money for blood cancer research. So the sunflowers feature prominently in the calendar photos. And that organization raised about $7 million for blood cancer in the United Kingdom over these past two decades. Now, ironically, and interestingly, I am currently involved in a production of the play Calendar Girls at the Adobe Theater here in Albuquerque that opens September 1st. Doing this play for me not only allows me to revel in my love of sunflowers, but honors my icky guy. A reminder that the Conference on Aging has been postponed next month, and as soon as I get more info, I will let you know. But if you have a question, you can call 1-800-432-2080. And I want to let you know, before we enter the new month of September, the first week on September 6th, Rewire is taking a little hiatus, so there won't be a new episode. But that gives you more time to work on your passion and purpose or find your ikigai before we start the new month together. So please consider sharing this podcast or earlier episodes with someone you care about that might need an extra nudge to find their passion and purpose so that they can rewire and live their best life yet. You can contact 
the Aging and Long-Term Services Department at 1-800-432-2080. And on their website, aging.nm.gov, there is a link directly to the podcast. You can reach me directly at yourliferewired at gmail.com. Until then, stay refreshed, stay recommitted, and stay rewired. Our show is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. You can contact that department by calling 1-800-432-2080 or online at www.aging.nm.gov. Our original music is written by New Mexico's own Lydia Clark. Join us next week on your favorite streaming platform. Till then, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire. We've got information and inspiration. You've got all that imagination. So let's